We'd actually preached out of chapter 9 Sunday night, Uh, but there is a passage of Scripture here that I would like to make uh, reference to as uh, we get ready here to uh, dive into our sermon series. And then we're going to back up a few chapters, so keep your place marked. We're going to back up a few uh, chapters to chapter 4 and read a couple verses there as well. And uh, so John chapter 9, verse number 4, if you're there with me, would you say amen? The Bible says, Jesus speaking, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh... John chapter number 4, verses 34 and 35. John chapter 4, verses 34 and 35. The Bible says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already. Somebody say already. Already to harvest. Amen. In the last couple of weeks, as we have been preaching about exercising godly wisdom in the area of stewardship, in Ephesians 5 and the 16th verse, we have been reading from our central text where Paul had admonished the church and said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And as a result, we have preached about how precious time is. We have preached about the priority of time and how that prior, our priority with time deals with our perspective of time, the placement of things in the order of what is of great importance and priority. And tonight, if I may, in regards to This subject, and really within this subject, this is going to be our final uh, uh, topic, if you will, in regards to time and stewardship with time. But I would like to, to preach for a few moments on our purpose, our purpose in time. Time is precious. There must be the right priority of time. And then also, we have to understand our purpose in time. 
And so with the Lord's help, we're going to look at this tonight. Can we pray together one more time? Ask the Lord to bless his word. Father, I thank you once again for every heart and life that's represented. And Lord, truly we do give you thanks. Praise for your word, the power of it, your precious anointing. And Lord, we do ask and pray tonight. Oh, as we break the bread of life, help us that we hear, that we receive, and that the good word of God is planted in the fertile soil of our hearts. I pray let us leave this place challenged and changed different by way of your spirit. And Lord, I pray anoint my mind and lips to preach as would give you glory and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As we look tonight, I I believe that uh, one of the things that we cannot get away from when we are talking about and and we uh, we have been preaching on exercising godly wisdom in regards to how we manage our time. When we talk about stewardship, as I had said that that word stewardship It's derived and the prefix is the steward. And that simply is a manager. How we manage the things that God has given unto us. And so we want to understand is that there must be wisdom applied to how we manage what God has placed, quote unquote, in our hands. And when I say in our hands, we are looking out and we've been looking here at the subject of time. We will be dealing with the subject of our talents. And then we'll also be uh, dealing with our, the subject of, that, of our resource. And in regards to time, when we look at this, everybody in this house, I know that we can agree with the fact that we must make, and or should I say, understand that time is precious. We know tonight in this house that there's not any one of us who are guaranteed another day. The Bible said that what is your life but a vapor that appeareth for a short time and then it vanishes away. And the scripture there in James goes on to remind us that we are to be careful about how we talk about our tomorrow. If I can paraphrase, James had said, don't just get up and go and say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'll go into the city. Tomorrow I'll take care of it. Tomorrow this is what we're going to do. Now, I know that's how we are inclined. That tends to be how we are programmed. We are thinking about tomorrow. We are sometimes thinking about um, several weeks ahead of us. I I told somebody the other day, I was talking with another person and they were already discussing things about Christmas. And I said, time out. I'm not ready to even talk about Christmas yet. But um, I promise you it'll feel like it'll be here in about three weeks is the way way that it feels. However, we are always looking at tomorrows, but the Word of God said this, Brother Eli, don't with a confidence or arrogance that tomorrow will be there talk about what you're going to do in tomorrow but he says rather say if the Lord will if the Lord would permit it and so we understand time is precious every one of us to some degree there's been the phone call there has been uh 
There has been news that has been shared about somebody that has stepped into eternity. And we find ourselves in shock. We will say things like, I just spoke with them last week. Or I just saw them a couple of days ago. And everything seemed fine. We look at these moments and we see these things. And we are often shocked by it. But Brother Chris, the Word of God, truly it prepares the individual for the fact that time is precious, it's fleeting, it's just momentary. And so we understand it's precious, we understand it's priority. But I think that in order to really grab a hold of the significance of how precious time is and the priority that we make with our time is when we really marry it with and understand that it surrounds, these two things surround our purpose in time our purpose in time I had shared with you that William Penn had said time is what we want most and we use the worst it's what we want most and we use the worst well when we look at this we come to find last week we were talking about as to where there in the scripture as there were those that came and they were called to the great supper and there were several who gave their excuses. It was not a priority to be there. One was purchasing land. Others had to go test their oxen. One had to go and get married. And every one of them had their reasons of why that going to that great supper, it was not a priority to them. And so we were talking about how we must be careful and how we look at time and how we place an order of importance. Matthew Matthew 6 and 33 gives us that connotation of what lens we must look at the priorities and the placement of things in our life. Where does it fall? What is most important? Sister Gwen, Matthew 6 and 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. In other words, make the first things first. Brother Goodwin always said, Make the main thing the main thing. Amen. And so when we look at this, we have to look at those priorities. Uh, when we look and talk about how precious time is, the priority of time, we must understand that wisdom has to be executed in our purpose in time. As a matter of fact, I believe that when we grab a hold of our purpose, please remember this, we have been talking about the fact of what wisdom is because the Word of God said here out of Ephesians 5, He said, Walk circumspectly, pay attention to what's going on, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil, the days are short. We find there's just a limited window of opportunity. And then it goes on, so that, and I'm paraphrasing here, He said, But so that we might know and understand what the will of God is. I want to remind you church tonight that when it comes, when we're talking about exercising godly wisdom living in wisdom in a foolish age in a foolish generation in a time where people are so flippant with time and eternity
eternity. God is calling a church and there's a challenge to the church and his people that we live and operate, that we serve, that we, Sister Polly, and all of these things, that we do this with wisdom so that we are maximizing all of what God has bestowed upon his people. It's a terrible thing to waste time. It is a terrible thing to put off. We got people that today are professional. Uh, they, they, they are professionals. All of us probably at some point within certain pieces of our lives, we've learned how to put off, to procrastinate uh, and say, well, another day, another time. I'll get to it another day. I'll get to it another moment uh, where the Word of God tells us and is explicit that there are certain things that today is is when we take care of it. As a matter of fact, one of those being salvation. Brother Christian, the Word of God says, today is the day of salvation. Now is the time. Now is the moment. Now is that hour. We're finding here that Christ, in these verses that I had read from tonight, He is talking about His purpose in relation to time. I want you to notice in John 9 and 4 he said this I must works work excuse me the works of him that sent me while it is day the night comes when no man can work in other words he says this is what I came to do brother Eli Jesus was not here to build a, 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 a an image he was not here uh, in order to have this uh, this uh, fame and popularity of the world there were people that loved him there were masses that followed him there were those who were looking at his miracles. They were challenged and changed by what he preached. They saw with their eyes they, the, the, the book of John said, he said we had handled the word of life with our hands. In other words, they said we experienced him, we felt him, we touched him, we heard him, we saw all of these things. But at the end of it all, Brother Chad, Jesus came what we find is the mission statement I believe brother Marvin of the Bible John 3 16 for God so loved that he gave and what did he give his only begotten son oh that that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but that they would have everlasting life this was the premise Kara this was the thing that Christ hung us had on everything he did was in direct correlation to his purpose at Calvary. Everything he did was in direct correlation to his purpose so that humanity might be saved, might be delivered, might escape the torment of death and hell. Brother Wesley, so that, that Christ would come out victorious as he did over death hell and the grave and we come that Jesus said sister Gwen I know what my purpose is and my purpose is do the will of him that sent me and I have 
come for you. What did he say, Brother Coleman? I didn't come for those that were well, but I came for those that were sick. He said, I came for the lost sheep of Israel. Can I just say, I'm so glad the purpose of God was fulfilled. I am a recipient. I was a lost sheep. I was sick, Brother Christian, but thanks be to God, His purpose was fulfilled in my life and in your life. Why? Because Christ understood the essence of fulfilling purpose in time. Fulfilling purpose in time. What does purpose mean? When we talk about purpose, we're talking about a life that has meaning. A life that has been useful. A life that has meant something. That it has made an impact. Now, a lot of times when we hear such phrases... We think that certain phrases and certain acknowledgement only go to the elite, only go to the famous, only go to those who had a national name or that everybody recognized. I'm going to tell you, oh, Brother Chad, the Word of God gives us a picture of what it's going to look like when we go before that throne, when we stand before the throne. The Word of God said this. It said that the first shall be last. And the last shall be made first. And here's what I get in my mind's eye, Brother Eli. I know that in heaven that there were those such as the great Smith Wigglesworth. There were those who had modern inventions and there were those who shaped the course of this world who were believers and they stand before they had worldwide notoriety. Maybe we think of somebody like a Billy Graham or you even think of someone like a B.H. Clinton and who, who around the world his name and ministry was known. But here's what I believe when we look at the scripture thank God that men and women have great notoriety that they fulfilled their purpose but can I say with just as much purpose there might be a gray haired granny who faithfully is in her prayer closet every morning and in that prayer closet every night and brother Andy the world doesn't know her name she's not in a, her name's not in a marquee somewhere with lights Sister Gwen, she don't have millions of dollars in the bank account. There's not a hospital wing with her name on it. But Brother Keith, you can imagine that heaven knows exactly who she is because she has stepped into kingdom purpose and she knows how to pray some things through. And because of the gray-haired granny's prayers, there are some of you that are sitting inside of the house of God tonight there's some that somewhere along the way introduced somebody else who wound up introducing you to Christ I'm telling you friends there's great purpose it is not in notoriety fame and wealth but can I say that in the kingdom of God there are no big eyes you have purpose I have purpose and we must grab a hold of it and live it while we have opportunity 
while we have opportunity. Well, Brother Jake, I'm not a big boss somewhere. Well, Brother Jake, I'm not the pastor. Well, Brother Jake, I'm not this, I'm not that. But here's what it is. God saw fit that you are on planet earth at this moment and this time. Because there's purpose for you. I want you to look at the landscape of the world around us. I want you to look at the landscape. We've got a generation of children right now. Some, some of you could argue and say, well, it's rebellion. Well, it's sin. Well, it's this. Well, it's that. All the immorality, all this gender identity, all of this, all of these things and what's going on with our nation and all this kind of thing. Let me just say this. Let me say this. I know it's the work of the devil. I believe it is sinful. I believe that practices and attitudes and things of that nature are immoral. There's no question about it. But Brother Gary, when you get to the very root cause, I'll tell you what's happening We've got an adversary who wants to corrupt and kill the identity and the purpose of this generation. Because if people can lose hope of or cannot identify what God has created them to be, what do you mean, Brother Jacob? Now listen, I don't have time to go into all the specifics and the scientific facts. I know there's these guys out here, they'll argue all day long. There's that fella, I, I, I've seen him a couple times, read some of his comments. They call him Bill Nye the Science Guy. And uh, he is a big proponent of evolution and everything of that nature. I know that many of our schools, I know that many of our major universities, they teach that. But I want you to listen and think. You go Way back in the concept of those things. Everything, Sister Belinda, was done to make man look like he was insignificant. You were just a blob. You were just a group of cells. You were derived from this. You, you, you came from this animal and this thing. But I'm here to tell you, there is still truth in the book of Genesis where the Bible declared the Godhead was right there at creation, God the Father. Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Because the Word of God said that on that sixth day that God had declared, let us, that's a plural statement, that declares all three of us were there. And it said, let us make man in our image. And the Word of God said they got down in the dirt and he formed man out of the dirt of the ground. And then God leaned over and put his lips on that man and breathe the breath of life into him and the Bible said and man became a living soul amen what does that term mean soul he then became an eternal being brother Eli an eternal being with purpose with purpose, if the God of heaven, Sister Amy, saw fit to get down and form man and breathe the breath of life into him, when you look at agendas, you can call them political, you can call them all these other things, but I'm telling you, it is an anti-Christ spirit that wants to destroy the purpose Take away the seed of purpose and identity and what God has created us to be. And it's not just for the young. We find as to where there are many sitting on our pews and they have lost perspective 
of their purpose. When you lose perspective of your purpose, then you do not view time as precious and you do not make wise priority out of your time. If I can, and I know this is a large umbrella, but I just felt very challenged of the Lord. There's two things in regards to purpose that I'm going to mention. And some would say, well, Brother Jake, I'll argue with you because there's a lot of things we should talk about in purpose. But there's two things that I will mention. The first one tonight, and I doubt I'll get through it all, but there's two things. Our purpose will center around our growth and also our giving. Our growth and our giving. I believe that these are two foundational purposes parts of our purpose. And in giving, I'm not, I'm not just, everybody's starting to get nervous. I ain't going to be here that night. He's going to preach on money. Nope. When I'm talking about giving, I'm talking about our service, the giving of ourselves, the giving of ourselves. And so first, let me say this tonight. It is God's will. It is God's plan and his design we find as to where Jesus, in these verses that I read, He lets us know, listen, there's purpose and time. I've got to do the will of the Father. He said, it is my meat to do the will of Him that sent me. In other words, it is priority. If you read the verses before that, Jesus had been ministering to the woman at the well. He had done a work in her life. He hadn't taken on any food. The disciples came to Him and said, Master, why don't you sit down and eat? Why don't you eat something? And he said, the meat that I have or that I've partaken of, and I'm paraphrasing, you can go back and read it, but he said, it's what you don't know about. And so they looked around. They were looking for physical meat. They said, who brought ribeyes to this party? We didn't know about it. And Jesus then said, it is my meat. In other words, what I live for, what sustains me. What gives me meaning, what gives me purpose is to do the will of Him that sent me. That sent me. And then He challenges them with this. Don't look at the harvest and say, well, is it time yet? He said, the harvest is already. It's, it's ready. He said, the fields are white and ready to harvest. In other words, there's purpose now. Understand how precious time is and understand the priority in which you are to work when you grab a hold of your purpose. He was reminding them of purpose. Understand, as the Word of God tells us, that we are to number our days. And here in Ephesians, where the Word of God says, redeeming the time. It, that word redeeming right there simply means this, regain control. Regain control of the time because the days are evil. When we speak of how precious time is and the priority and its stewardship, we have to understand our purpose in time. Mark Twain said this. He had said there are two days most important to a man, the day that a man is born and the day when he knows why he was born. In other words, when a man knows his purpose. Someone once said there is never enough time for everything, but there is always enough time to do the most important thing. The most important thing. And so tonight, 
Church body, I present to you, I believe through the Word of God, the challenge that the purpose that God has for your life. We're talking about wisdom and understanding the will of God for our lives as individuals and collectively for a church. As we do this, you have to understand that God will challenge you with your purpose. You cannot remove it from the equation. And so I ask you tonight, I ask you this question. Have you learned what your why is? Have you understood? Do you know or can you say that you are fulfilling the purpose that God has? What is that meaning? What is it that God has you here on this earth to do? And if you're understanding your purpose, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? How are you growing? And how are you giving? When we talk about growth, let me say this. Growth is wanted. Growth is wanted, but very seldom welcomed. I better say that again. Growth is wanted, but very seldom welcomed. We like the idea of growth. We do. I can't tell you how many pieces of mail come in. Come to this church growth seminar. And then there'll be people advertising. Come to this talk and this, uh, this meeting and you'll learn how to grow your finances. Come to this and you'll learn how to grow a godly family. Come and do this. Be a part of this and learn how to grow this thing and do this thing. Brother Christian, you come to my conference. I'll teach you how to grow and upscale your watermelon business. You'll be the first million dollar watermelon man in southeast Texas. Brother Chris would say, amen, hallelujah. And his pastor would say, amen, pay those tithe on that million dollars. Amen. But as a result, we are hearing all the time and people are infatuated with growth. Oh, we want to grow. We want to get big because we think of it's kind of that the small child mentality. You talk to any five, six-year-old. You give Jordy a little bit of time. You give Sister Audrey a little bit more time. They will let you know real quickly how grown up they are. And how they can't wait to grow up. That's why children will tell you, tell you their age in halves. Oh, are you six? I'm six and a half. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me, I forgot the extra six months there. Right? At 11, Ashlyn said, well, I'm almost 13. I said, you haven't even got to 12 yet. Yeah, but I will be 13. I said, let's take care of 12 first. Come on here. Did you ever have a mom or a daddy who would tell you, I'm going to cut you down to size because you're too big for your britches? Right? Ooh, that's not the kind of cutting down you want to have to go through. What did it mean, Brother Ringo? It meant that maybe in my attitude or in my conversation or whatever that I was thinking I was a little more grown up than what I really was. Mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, somebody had to remind me that I was still a child. And in the sense, like I say, we talk about growth. Everybody, woo, yes, hallelujah, we want growth. Oh, praise God, Brother Jake, we're growing. That's wonderful, that's good. It is wanted, 
But when real growth shows up, suddenly it's not welcomed. Why? Because growth often does not look like the way we thought it would. Not only does growth not look like the way we thought it would, let me say this, growth does not feel the way that you thought it would. That's why there is the top terminology growing pains. It hurts to grow. It hurts to grow. It hurt my parents' pocketbook that my foot would not stay the same size every six months. I'd go in the living room, my toe nearly sticking out of my shoe. Mom, I got a problem. She'd just say, again, right, again. She was glad when, she, when I hit the mark where I just, I stayed, I stopped, right? I wanted to be six foot six. I wanted to, I wanted, I mean, I wanted to be as tall as Michael Jordan. I want to be six foot six. Up until I was 14, I was one of the smallest guys out there playing ball. The summer I turned 14, I grew several inches. But man, I had growing pains every night, Brother Steve. It hurt. Growing hurts. And when a church grows or when you grow personally in your life, it will come with uncomfortable situations. I love how quiet it is right now. Hallelujah. Some folk, somebody say, well, we, we prayed and prayed. And thank God. I've had people say, thank God, Brother Jake. Oh, we praise God. You're our pastor. Oh, we thank God for you. And then as things start growing and moving, there's some folks now that change their mind. So, well, I don't know. I didn't pray for that. I didn't want that. I got a problem with that. I don't, I don't know. Because growth is wanted, but there are certain things about growth that are not welcomed. And so what I want you to understand is when we're talking about purpose, here's what you have to know is that the way that God has designed our life is you grow into your purpose. Somebody once said this, and I believe it makes a whole lot of sense. It says, if you give a man a position, he will drown. He'll be over his head. But if a man grows into a position, he's just over his head For a little bit. But he reaches a point where he comes up out of that thing. Let me say this. That oftentimes, both physically in our lives and spiritually speaking, we want something to happen like this. And we are conditioned in today's time that if it's not happening like that, then you're a failure somehow. You're a failure. Soon as Christian and Shelby got married. Now, I don't know if this is the truth, but this, we'll just use them hypothetically speaking. Soon as they got married. Well, how many kids are you going to have? Have you bought a dog yet? Where's your house going to be? Have you bought a house? What about this? Have you done this? Have you done that? I mean, I, I mean nobody's got a chance to catch their breath. And we've got young couples and we've got, we've got teenagers in high school. What are you going to be? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And you tend to forget that it was probably just five years ago you still didn't know what you was doing. Come on here. You get into a church. Hey, pastor, what are we going to do? We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. We need to do that. That's one. That's great. I love your idea. But there's some things we've got to grow into it. There are some things that's going to have to happen. I remember, Brother Andy, when I, when I, at 14, God called me to preach. At, 
at, at, at 14 and a half, Sister Shan, I thought I was ready to hold crusades around the world. Woo, hallelujah, Brother Gary. I was going to set the world on fire. I was going to go into hell with the water gun. I wasn't all ready for any of that than a man in the moon. Come on here. First time I ever got up to preach, I was 16 years old. My grandparents drove three hours one way to come hear me preach. I had five pages of notes. I got up in that pulpit. I was done in about three and a half minutes. Bless my grandparents' heart. Three hours for three and a half minutes. There was a sister in the church, just had a brand new baby. Brother Christian, I took the pulpit. She got up to go change the baby. When she came back and sat down, I was already sat down. She looked at her husband and said, where'd Brother Jake go? She said, he done preached the sermon and everything. It's over. Some of you now saying, boy, what happened to that guy? We'd love three and a half minutes again, preacher. We're going to pray for your growth. Amen. Yeah, Brother James said you grew up. <laughs> Got a little bit more experience now. Hey Amen. I could preach a little longer because I've lived a little longer now. Hey Amen. But do you hear what I'm saying? When we talk about our purpose, there are things that you're growing into. Can I say tonight that there are some hard places you're in right now? There are some things that are testing your faith. There are some things you don't like in the moment. There are some things that right now stressing you out. There are some things right now, you look at it, and this is how you've categorized it. I'm in the wilderness. It's hard. It's hot. It's difficult. I don't understand it. God, how many of you prayed this? Shelby, how many times have we said, God, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to go through this? Because you're growing. Because you're growing. When you look at the Word of God, you look at the patriarchs of faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Daniel, Joseph. We could talk about the 12 disciples. We could talk about all of these. Every one of them in places, prisons, deserts, pits, uh, I mean, stoned, shipwrecked, abused, laughed at, scoffed, mocked, misunderstood, ostracized, their families were crazy. Come on here. Some of them had rap sheets. Some of them were a shady cast of characters. But God said, if you'll let me, I've got purpose for you. And I'll grow you. I'll grow you. Loneliness, isolation, being misunderstood. I talked with a young man Last weekend, he told me, he said, Brother Jake, he said, I'm at a strange place in my life. He said, I'm seeing a separation. He said, where there's things of God that I want. And he said, I've got friends, close friends, that now they don't want certain things of God. And he said, and it hurts. You know what I told him? I said, be patient, son. I said, be faithful. I said, but God's growing you in your purpose. He's growing you. He's growing you. Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. I want you to understand, listen here. Growth requires the pupil or the student to be teachable. And it cannot be hurried. It requires us to be teachable 
and we cannot get in a hurry. Is there anybody here besides me that you thank God on a daily basis for some things that you thought you wanted in your life and it didn't happen in your life, but now you can look back and say, thank God it did not happen. Hear me. Thank God it didn't turn out that way. Thank God God loved me enough to say no. Thank God He loved me enough to say, hang on, be patient, because I'm doing something in you, but it's not going to be this. And when you get there, it's going to look different. When you get there, your family's going to look different. When you get there, your church is going to be different. When you get there, you are going to be different because stepping into your purpose, Sister Amber, when God's called you to be mother and wife and raise those children, I'm sure as a mama, are there some days that you just want to pull your hair out? It's okay. You can be honest. She's nearly in tears. You don't understand. I want counseling after service right now. You got to... Sister Brittany, in the purposes for Logan, were there some things early on that you just didn't understand? Absolutely. But now that he's a little bit older, and you see this walking, talking, breathing miracle, come on here. God, I, I see some purpose. And, and we're growing into it. This couple, I still remember, I still remember going to the hospital in Kingwood, sitting with Dustin and Brittany and admiring the baby. A lot of unknowns, a lot of things nobody was aware of, lots of questions, lots of things not yet. And there was a lot of good people around these kids saying, hey, God's going to bring you through this. Hey, you're going to see God do some things. Hey, this is going to take place. You're going to see that God's going to prove these doctors wrong. And I know when they graciously would smile and shake their head, yes, amen, we believe that. But all those other people went home, went to their own families, did their own things, and guess who was left to be in the hard times? To be in the growing phase. To see God work a purpose. It was those kids right there. So tonight I'm not going to stand up here and point my finger at everybody and act like your purpose is so easy. Or oh how come you don't have it figured out. Sister Heather there's much I'm still figuring out and I'm learning. The more that I pastor. The longer I'm at Victory Temple. The more I realize. I have no clue. Sometimes what I'm doing. Doesn't that give you just a great sense of confidence? Doesn't that just make you believe in your pastor? <laughs> Thank you, Sister Polly. <laughs> There's some days, Brother Jerry, I'm in my office. I'm in this church by myself. I'm buried in a place, a piece of carpet somewhere. And Brother Gary, I say, God, I don't know what to do. Lord, I want to get your mind. I want to know your will. And sometimes the only answer is, is just keep following me. One footstep in front of the other. I'll grow you into the purpose. I'll grow this church to its purpose. I'll grow these people into their purpose. He'll do it. He'll do it.
But I want to ask you, are you willing to let him? Are you willing to let him? Because that's the thing. If you're fighting and kicking against every hard thing, if you throw your hands up every time life is difficult and you want to walk away from it, if you every time that there's something that doesn't go the way that you think it should go and you're ready to get mad at God, be bitter at God, or walk away from God, I'm telling you, friend, you will keep going around that mountain over and over and over again. Every time. But to grow into the purpose that God has for us. I'm sorry. I'm finding a hard place to stop. We'll just continue this. But tonight, I believe, I believe we have to be teachable and we cannot hurry the process. Tonight, I want to ask you, what are some of the purposes? You know what God's called you to do. You know what God has put upon your heart. And when I say what God has called you to do, I, you know, pastor's not saying, I, I know everybody in here, not everybody in here can be the pastor. Not everybody in here can be a teacher. Not everybody in here can be a deacon. Not everybody in here. But I can say this, not only in the body of Christ, but also outside of the walls of this church. Don't overlook and do not underestimate the little things where God has you, where you're working, the people you're around, the family He puts you in, no matter how crazy they might be sometimes. He has done so with purpose. With purpose. And I pray tonight, our prayer would be, God, help me to grow into my purpose. Help me to grow. Help me to grow. Can I ask this question? How many of you lift your hand and say, I want to grow? I want to grow. All right. So here's what I want to tell you. I'm, I agree with you. I want to grow. But you can't rush it. You've got to be patient. You've got to be willing to be teachable. You've got to be willing to be isolated, lonely, misunderstood. But most importantly, we've got to be willing to trust God in the process. Sister Brittany, you know about that. And you're still learning it. Still learning it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for your mercies and your grace. Lord, I do give you praise tonight. I'm thankful for your word and I'm thankful for your people. And I pray tonight that you would help us, Lord. I pray tonight you would challenge our hearts. Lord, that when we understand how precious time is and the priority of time, when we exercise godly wisdom, we have to understand our purpose in time. What you have put us on this planet to do. The lives you've given us, our spouses, our children, our church, our families, our work, the people that we're interconnected with. There's purpose. I'm thankful Jesus understood his purpose. He lived it. He lived it with excellence. He set an example before us. Even when it hurt, even when it was uncomfortable, he lived it. And we are the benefactors and the beneficiaries. And Lord, I pray tonight, challenge our hearts. Challenge our hearts. Tonight, church, I simply, I asked you already, do you want to grow? Do you want to see your family grow spiritually, emotionally? 
Or there's some things you're praying about, and right now you'd say, Brother Jake, I look at some things in my family, and I wonder. I wonder if God even hears my prayer. He does. He is. He's working. You're growing. The purpose is coming together. Be patient. Let God do what He wants to do. Obey Him. Be teachable. Be, be willing to let trust His timing. But if you're here tonight, you'd say, that's me, Pastor. That's what I desire. I want to grow. I want to grow in God. I want to grow in my purpose. I want to see God do tremendous things, but I want Him to condition me and help me. I want Him tonight to help me with my struggle. Maybe tonight, as I said, you've been struggling with wanting to give up, quit, turn around, walk away, say it's not even worth it, but it is. It's worth it. Why don't we tonight come and can we just spend some moments in prayer around these altars before we go home, before we end today, and if God gives us tomorrow, we start a new day. Can we pray tonight and say, Lord, would you help me? Help me, Lord, to know. Help me, Lord, to know. Would you challenge my heart? Oh, the purposes that you have set before us. Would you help me to grow? Would you help me to understand? Would you help me to be patient? Would you help me, Lord? Oh, Jesus, we need you. Lord, we need you tonight. Father, we praise you. Father, we praise you. Father, we praise you tonight. Hallelujah. Servant to go.